So we, we certainly have our own preferences and those are reflected in the, in the tech radar. So it also gives um, teams munition to um, convince their uh, PMs and POs to spend time in getting rid of old stuff. So uh, the idea is that with this group of people, the knowledge of all these collected brains, we can make a fairly good decision. Hey everyone, welcome to the Bol.com Tech Lab podcast. We share our experience with you. Peeking behind the screens of IT and tech in general at Bol.com, the largest e-commerce platform in the Netherlands and Belgium. We are sharing our approach to IT, e-commerce and retail platforms. The hosts of the show, Peter Paul van der Beek and Peter Brouwers. Hey, welcome back to the Tech Lab podcast. Welcome to a new episode. Uh, way more technical than the previous one, and I'm really looking forward uh, to this. So, Peter, what's the topic of today? Yeah, what is the topic of today? Yeah, after some uh, uh, non-tech related uh, podcast episodes, we are now in a more uh, techy one again. Um, and it's about uh, the tech radar. And uh, if you look at the commercial side of it, well, commercial side, uh, it promote, uh, it's being promoted. It says uh, the Tech Radar, it's a tool to inspire and support engineering teams at Bol.com to pick the best technologies for a new project. It provides a platform to share knowledge and experience in technologies to reflect on technology decisions and continuously evolve our technology landscape. That's a mouthful. So that was for us uh, the trigger to say, hey, we need to get our, uh, to sit together with these uh, these guests and uh, and talk about it and and learn everything uh, about the tech radar. So Peter Paul, time to introduce the guest. I think. Yeah, and I, I don't think that it's necessarily that what that sparked it because the tech radar has for a long time been on our radar, but now it kind of surfaced and the signal uh, became way clearer than the noise around it. So I think it's a, it's a good moment to uh, to check with our uh, guests. Um, uh, yeah. What the tech radar is and uh, and how it surfaced and uh, how we got to, to this point now. Uh, so I think we have three uh, excellent uh, people in the show to share a little about it. We, um, we have Rogier Lommers, who's actually kind of a regular to this podcast. He's a space tech lead in our tech enabling space. We have uh, Anthony Mundir, who's relatively new. He's new to the podcast and relatively new to the podcast, so he can uh, give a perfect like outsiders uh, uh, overview also he's a discipline and community leader of uh, of the tech leads if uh, Hemco Overdijk also been on the podcast before a few times product tech lead for our uh, compute and network infrastructure um, part of the company in the shared technical uh, platform so uh, yeah let's dive in hey for our listeners who don't know what a tech radar is, who haven't maybe seen ThoughtWorks tech radar before. What is a tech radar? I've said a lot of tech radar now. So <laughs> it's basically an overview of the technologies we, we do and, and don't want to use at Ball, plus uh, the why and in which uh, state they are in. So this this is what actually makes you help uh, make the best decisions. Because then you know, okay, this is supported, this is uh, used a lot or this is really obscure, uh, or maybe somebody already started using it, but his uh, the result of his trial was, hey, we should not use it because of this and this reason. Uh, those kind of things you can find in there. Okay, and um, yeah, technology is quite a, a broad thingy. I believe there are some, some categories uh, there, if I'm well informed. 
it's called um, the quadrants, and we have um, thought about them. And there are uh, there are four of them. So there are the techniques, there's platform, languages and frameworks, and there's tooling. And for each quadrant, um, there are a couple of um, statuses, which are um, um, the, the the statuses where where a certain blip. So a, a, a dot on the tech radar is called a blip. Uh, so, for example, uh, cloud run is a blip. It is in the uh, platform quadrant and it has a certain status. And that status could be that it's in the adopt phase, in the trial phase, in the assess phase, the hold phase or in the leave phase. So, um, yeah. Um, are these uh, quadrants, are they like the standard uh, quadrants or did we choose a particular subset because of the purpose that we have with the tech radar? It is, uh, it is um, we, we picked the ones from the Toughworks uh, tech exactly. radar. Exactly. Yeah, yeah so, which so. are uh, quite quite uh, common uh, in this area, uh, I think. Yeah. But, uh, but what we did is uh, we added um, an extra um uh, state so the, exactly. the the yeah so normally it ends when you when you put a blip in the on hold uh, uh state where you um not recommend feature teams to to use um the the the, the technique or the, the 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 language or the whatever in um, in the hold phase but but for us we all we we thought it wasn't enough because we mm -hmm. also want to explicitly uh, mention uh, of tell the teams that they need to get rid of using a certain uh, technique. For example, uh, we have chosen to say goodbye to the to an Oracle database. If you as a team are still now using Oracle as a database, then um, uh, uh, you're doing it wrong, <laughs> basically because. <laughs> Because it is in the leave state. It's not on the on hold exactly. stage. No, we we go one step further by putting it on the leave stage. And the leave uh, state would also typically uh, something be where we have, would have like some project or coordination to actually um, maybe even nudge push teams to basically leave that technique and to support them to choose an alternative uh, for. Uh, yeah, the thing that they have running and that we want to get rid of, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, so uh, we are uh, we are not fully finished with the process behind the tech radar yet. So on our next uh, workshop is that process actually the sunset process. How are we going to enforce this? Maybe a strong word, but we really do want to encourage teams to get rid of the things in the leave state. The sunset process. That's nice. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because of Thank sort of reasons. Uh, it will cost uh, Bold.com a lot of money if we continue uh, with those kind of things. That is, uh, especially in these times, uh, yeah, not a good uh, thing to do. Yeah, so that, yeah, that's what you said, and the tech rate, it describes the, the specific technology or framework, but you also describe the why, it, and but it's also the why it is in a specific state. That's what you're now saying. Exactly. So it should, exactly. should be clear from the tech radar. Okay, it's in the leave state, uh, and this is why. Yeah. Yeah. What is ThoughtWorks, by the way? ThoughtWorks. Uh, it's is, is is it known by everybody, or should we explain it? 
I think we need to uh, explain it because uh, I don't know exactly what Softworks <laughs> itself is. Yeah, I think it's a consultancy company. Basically, we, we invented, if you can call it like that, uh, the technology radar, basically starting out to help their customers to uh, choose technologies um, and uh, yeah, and support them. It's like, uh, I think that uh, a lot of, let's say, consulting uh, companies have uh, like best practices, and this is their way of kind of formalizing it and also marketing it. Uh, but I think it was this popular that a lot of companies uh, started using their own uh, tech radar because they have specific uh, uh, needs sometimes that yeah, don't align with, let's say, all the needs uh, of the customers of a consultancy company. Uh, so, yeah, I think also that's why we are adapting it. Um, and also why we are doing... Uh, silly things with it, like adding another state, uh, because that really helps us. And in the end, uh, you should have a tool that works for you and not just a tool that somebody else uh, invented. At least that's my opinion. Yeah. Totally agree. Hey, and uh, yeah, I really like uh, the idea of uh, having a tech radar, uh, and I like it for certain reasons. But in the end, what were the reasons why we decided as Bold.com to have a tech radar? What how is it supporting things? What is it solving? I think I can answer this one. Yeah. Uh, so initially, what we our initial goal was to help new engineers within the company, because obviously we have new engineers coming in all the time, uh, get a better understanding of our technical landscape uh, and knowing what products they can and cannot or should not use, uh, because we're we're avid supporters of the of the Google Cloud. We uh, we utilize many of their services. Um, but um, it's also a bit in the nature of the of the Google Cloud, for for instance, to have multiple solutions for a single problem. And uh, as a company, we we certainly favor some solutions over others because our internal support is a lot better. Uh, we have more customers, uh, customer developer teams actually using such a such a solution. So we we certainly have our own preferences, and those are reflected in the in the tech radar. So uh, initially, when you would come into the company, it would be very unclear what you should be doing and should not be doing. And the tech radar gives you a, a, a nice and clear overview um, of our prefer preferred or golden path, so to say. Um, but once we started filling the radar, it rather rapidly turned out that there are many more use cases than just focusing on the, on the uh, new engineers. Because when we started filling the blips, um, it turned out there was quite some contention around some of the, the the blips that we thought were easy blips. So it's also a lot about internal alignment, just having all the heads in the same direction. Can uh, you give an example, Remco? What? Uh, uh, what I can give a yeah, me? sure. Um, one of the first blips I filled from for my uh, for my own teams, the, the ones I'm representing, was um, a way to do serverless. Serverless is still relatively new within the within the Bold.com context, um, and we're very heavily focused on Kubernetes. So we chose to um, do the cloud run perspective from from GCP uh, as our serverless solution, uh, rather than the other solution, which is Cloud Functions, which is very uh, Google native. Um, so it has a has a closed open uh, closed ecosystem uh, compared to. Um, uh, Cloud Run, which is based on Knative, which is an op open standard. So uh, that those are 
the two blips I filled in first as an experiment. Um, and I thought there would be zero contention about it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you are really happy because they were clear, right? Yeah, they were, super, they, were, they were super that These should be the choice. <laughs> yeah. So it turned out that not even the, the, the product manager for the technical platform, so which is which is in my department, um, he didn't even know that it was a was a given fact that we that we chose this path. So um, yeah, it turned out that we we still had a lot to learn and have some room for, for improvement. And I certainly think that TechRadar helps in, in that regard. Yeah, the fact that um, that you got all the reactions and the response and all the the questions is our proof, right? We need we need a thing for the current bulb.com, but also for the new people at bulb.com to quickly see if certain technology is still okay to use or not, and why not. Uh, it exactly. makes it also very transparent, and that's what sparks the discussions uh, we need to uh, to make to create the awareness for everyone. Yeah, because I can recall, uh, let's say from the past four or five years, that some of these discussions were, let's say, very local. So basically, uh, as an engineering manager or before that as an architect, I had a team, and they said, "Oh man, we found this great framework, tool, technique, whatever." Can we use it? And then I had to help them assess whether they could or not. And uh, yeah, of course, I did that to the best of my ability. Try to try to bring in different perspective from other places in the in the company. Uh, but in the end, they were still from my network, so it was kind of it was not let's say random or the voice of uh, uh, the tech uh, community. Uh, so yeah, some biased things might have come out of them and this still can be biased but that is at least a bias where there's a way to communicate and to have the discussion about yeah exactly and, and peter paul's example was happening all over the company and i think uh, the cloud run versus cloud function <coughs> discussion is, is is a prime example of that uh, for the compute team it was uh, crystal clear that this was the choice uh, but apparently that was not well communicated because others didn't know about it i think this gives us a great tool to avoid stuff like that in the future, and this was not even uh, one of the of the the points where we expected a lot of contention. If you look at new language supports such as Rust, I think that's where the where the real uh, sparks are being generated on the radar. Yeah, exactly. Hey, and so I think the, that the tech radar also helps in communicating about uh, basically the do's or don'ts in in uh, in the in our tech. Uh, community. Uh, do you also like plan to, I don't know, uh, present it like every three months or so, or that, like the, the ThoughtWorks one, that, that, that's just, uh, yeah, re-evaluate re it and communicate it like every so many months to... Yeah, uh, yeah, I can I can answer that. So yes, that's, uh, that's what we plan to do. So we plan to do every month a public session for whole IT where uh, people can uh, publicly pitch their uh, their blips, but also where we communicate the changes and also the updates on the process. And we will also request feedback. Uh, how is it working for you guys? Uh, do you have any feedback? Do we need to change things? So we definitely want to keep in touch uh, uh, monthly. Next to that, we have a Slack channel where everyone can discuss uh, the tech radar or maybe uh, if uh, acquire about new possible blips or uh, join the discussion on existing blips. 
exactly. That's a, def uh, it's a very important part of the uh, tech radar, because without communication, yeah, it doesn't mean anything. Uh, probably there will be like an in-crowd who really loves these discussions, and they will be, uh, uh, yeah, basically keep contributing, and there will be like a, a whole ecosystem around that that doesn't really know what's happening there, and still doesn't know what techniques to use or what framework or whatever. Yeah, so uh, uh, what we have done is uh, we've put the ownership of the voting of the tech radar with the tech leads. So uh, all tech leads within uh, bold.com who uh, are coaching uh, different teams, uh, they, uh, yeah, they are the ones who will vote uh, on the different techniques. They will have get, of course, input from the people from their teams, from the engineers. They know their situations, the, their challenges, their the opportunities. And if people want to uh, influence the voting, they can talk to the tech leads. But also the tech leads will evangelize uh, the use of the tech creator because they will, uh, with every uh, technical choice, they will take the tech creator and say, hey, uh, this is the situation. This is why we are going to go in this direction. If something is missing, uh, add a new blip or suggest a change to uh, if, if he finds something better, please suggest but it's, make it public. But it's still the case, right, that, that if you uh, want to use something new, like Peter Paul just described, that you still can start using it as a as a team, find out, hey, is this working for us? Maybe other teams are interested in well. Before you say, okay, hey, we should put this on the on the tech radar. Yeah, you can definitely do some uh, discovery, uh, but uh, at a certain point, we expect you to put it in assess so that uh, it is known that you are doing it, uh, which in is assess, uh, good, what of is course. Uh, so that's the the first stage. So there, you're going to uh, investigate if this, this okay. certain oh, sorry. tech. Yeah. Technique is interesting uh, because you uh, put it on a tech radar. People will know, okay, there is a team there of people who are looking into this. If you're interested and want to join that investigation, you can uh, contact the guys or if you want to know uh, uh, how it's going. But we also say if it, something is in a test state, we also put a deadline with it. So say after three months, uh, you will come back at the public session and you will present, present your findings so how did it work for you? Did it, uh, did it bring you some value or maybe yeah. it was not that great after all? Uh, maybe compare the use cases. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Are there alternate alternatives to which are better? And you put that in the tech radar. So if other people uh, six months later think, hey, I want to try this tool. Uh, and then you can find out, okay, team already tried it six months ago. And this is why they did or did not continue with it. So definitely uh, innovation is still uh, and that's really uh, yes. helpful with uh, with this growing organization, right? But Paul, maybe you remember the first episode we recorded about Kotlin. There yeah. were, I, I think, like six teams independent from each other finding out if Kotlin was the the the, the new oh. language for them to use. <laughs> that's how it started with Kotlin, and then they they gathered together and you had this Kotlin community. But this is then uh, something you get in the process, right? As techlead, you will be yeah. uh, known, uh, you know from your teams, okay, Godlin is being used as an example. Uh, you discuss it together and yeah. then you start the assessment uh, phase and uh, yeah. it's on the radar. Yeah, yeah and, and then you're going to to assess the fact that, 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 uh, if, that if, if that new technology indeed is promising and, and can give us uh, value, you do it for a certain time, and um, and when that turns out to be successful, then you propose a change to make it uh, in the trial phase. 
where indeed you are running the tech in production. It, it really has proven to be uh, successful. Um, uh, so that's that's the next the next phase. And for each yeah. for for each status change, we have defined periods, like Anthony uh, said. Exactly. Right. And now, kind of, kind of one of one of the challenges is, at least from my perspective, and looking at the process on how to get this tech radar up to date, is that there are like a gazillion tools used by all these over a hundred uh, or whatever it is uh, teams mm. that sometimes uh, yeah that are there and that that are, are used. And some are they are happy about some they are well it's there but it's not really in our way so just leave it there because it will take too it's not really hindering us but it also takes too much time to basically uh, move away from uh, some that we in the team say okay we will actively move away from that but it will probably take us like two years because I don't know it's already production doing whatever. And, now, and then still document, okay, but why are we leaving it? So that uh, another team has, and let's say I have one of these teams running one uh, framework that a year ago seems like uh, promising to 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 this team, but now they're man not that enthusiastic anymore, ran into some problems, not really helping them. But at the same time, one of Peter's teams can say, oh, we found this it. great tool. <laughs> and it's the same tool. <laughs> And that is kind of the, the problem with all these tools running in all these teams now, how to yeah. to have to yeah. gravitate the knowledge that we uh, that we gathered to to the tech creator, right? Yeah. Yeah. Also, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> really curious. And also uh, because uh, some of the debate that's in the Slack channel for the tech radar, uh, there there are Probably, I, I've never been in that section, I must admit, but I can admit that there's discussions going on on why to use it and why not to use it. And in the end, this, this, these, these answers should end up in the tech radar part, right? Yeah. yeah. Who's the referee? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and who's going to do that? Who's doing the typing, basically? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, you have, of course, the, the, the person who is uh, submitting uh, the, the, the lib. Uh, so the the committee uh, will oh, yeah. also look at uh, the quality of the of the blip. So we will check if uh, are all fields uh, fields uh, filled. Is the is the data correct? Is there enough information for people to make good decisions? So if not, well, we give you some remarks, send you back, and you can come uh, come back with uh, a good quality blip. But that's why how we uh, will keep up the quality. And also for the voting, uh, for a certain stage, you need a certain percentage of votes of the tech leads. So if you uh, want to go for, you go full, uh, full on. Okay, this is where we as bold.com believe in. Uh, we, we really all want to do it. Then you need a bit more, uh, greater percentage of votes than if you want to assess things, because of course we don't want to stand in the way of innovation. If it does seem like a, a good idea to try it out. Uh, go ahead. You don't need a lot of votes, but if to make it really like a standard uh, thing at all, yeah, it, it needs to be really proven yeah. and adopted. Open. So that that's very much much focused on new things and whether or not to adopt the, the new tech. But but I think equal important is the way back, right? So it also gives um, teams munition to. Um, 
convince their uh, PMs and POs to spend time in getting rid of old stuff, which is in the hold phase or even worse in the um, in the leave uh, phase. Because then there's uh, so if you so we also have the the product innovation power uh, scoring mechanism yeah. where we score mm-hmm. our products uh, based on three axes. One of them is like the technical health of a product, and if you are as a product are still using tech which is on the which is in the on hold or in the leave phase, then I hope that your technical health will go down a lot. And then it wouldn't be uh, such a pain to convince PO and PMs to to spend time in uh, in fixing that. So there's uh, two ways where it, uh, where where a product can uh, benefit. Yeah. So so there again also the the tech radar provides a framework to help in the uh, process uh, innovation power overview to assess whether uh, how how your tech health is doing. And that's of course just one aspect because there are way more aspects but uh, mm-hmm. if we're more clear on that then we're also more clear on why we should fix things in the in the in the uh, in the tech health basically yeah, yeah. we already automated huh? analyze your service and see where it is on the tech radar um, <laughs> there, um, so we we didn't create this ourselves, of course. We uh, at, at Ball we are making use of Backstage from, from uh, Spotify. Uh, we we call it Crystal, and uh, we are using a, a default Crystal plugin for this. And uh, there's also um, there are techniques in place where you can um, distinguish the tech from a repository, but that's there are a lot of false positives, so we didn't yet invest time in uh, setting that up. For now, we we just wanted to get started with it, with uh, with sh- uh, uh, small iterations, quick uh, quickly uh, learn from uh, from from previous steps, and then uh, iterate. Um. That's that's a nice bridge to uh, to maybe yeah. the next topic <laughs> to discuss about yeah, how we uh, get to this tech writer. Maybe Remco, you can elaborate a bit on that. What what were what were the hurdles uh, before we had this in place? Uh, there were numerous hurdles. Um, first of all, both you, Peter, Peter Paul, Rogier, we've been with the company for quite a while, so I think we remember that about six years ago we already had a tech radar, uh, but that was always was a bit of a side project, so it was never never at the core uh, of our technology stack. Um, I think the difference now is that we we actually have the the tech lead role. So every every development team has a has a tech lead, and there's a whole community uh, that can actually take care of this. And yeah, they are kind of like the guardians of the of the technology stack that we have. So they should be well empowered to interpret the radar and, and make decisions based on that. Uh, but also filling the radar was um, rather difficult. Um, because we we have so many techniques, right? We have internal products, uh, which we prefer you to use or not to, or not to use. Those have very company specific code names, uh, but those those products use underlying techniques. Then there's also um, uh, a number of Google products that we use. So at the TechRadar, they all come together, and it was it was very difficult to, uh, to to determine what terms we should use. Like, do we do we use the Google technique name for it, or do we use our internal uh, sub-product name for it. Um, 
so yeah, plenty of challenges to figure out. And I think also one of the hardest things uh, to do was to write the blips from the perspective of a user. Like I am a, I am a, an internal developer at Bull.com. Can I use this right now or not? Uh, because for me, I, I, I'm used to looking uh, used to looking at things from a platform perspective. So yeah, we're working on this or it's already working for us, but can a, can a team actually use it? So having the right mindset while writing stuff and using the proper terminology uh, was certainly, it took a lot more time than we anticipated. I thought we were going to fill the, the radar in like three weeks time. Um, I think it, it ended, the initial fill ended up taking two months. Um, and then obviously the contention on, on certain blips afterwards. But I think that also proves that this is useful. Yeah. If you talk numbers, what, what, uh, how many uh, blips do we have nowadays? Uh, I don't know, yeah. not that many yet. There's like 30 on them currently. There, there's lots more to go. Because it takes. So, I see Rohir yeah. counting. Yeah, <laughs> I know that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think around uh, 50, I guess. This is, of course, the initial fill. And uh, like, like we said, uh, anyone can submit a blip. If you're missing something, please do. Because we want, of course, completeness. No, but it, it's it's to get a grasp of uh, the number of blips we are now having with the story or telegram code and the, the discussion you need to go through per blip um, before it's it's really valuable on the tech radar. So that's interesting to uh, to learn. Yeah. That's also why we didn't want to pre-fill too much. Like we we put on the, the things that are a given or pushed from the technical platform because we have uh, great support for it. Uh, but anything that's that's not not a given should follow the the, the proper process so uh, it's also clear to all of our engineers that we're not taking shortcuts here we're not trying to push something uh, to people um, while it is kind of a democratic process for tech leads exactly and what we hear so so as a, as an engineer you want to connect with 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 the tech lead as I, I think that you do that when you want to uh, find out new stuff and that's the way that you're then re represented here as a, as an engineer. Is that a correct yeah, description? Yeah, we'll, we'll invite engineers to uh, yep. to do the, the the pitch in the monthly session where you can yep. ask, okay, okay yep. so I've, so I've seen this technology. I think we should definitely use it. Um, at that point, it would end up on the radar in assess. Um, we have the concept of freedom within the framework at Boulder.com, so you, you can't just push anything to production. So if you want to test something in production, um, um, something is gonna have to be built by by the platform, like a like a shim for it with some permissions in it. Um, so at that point, work will start. It will end up in trial. You can actually try it in production, and then if there's enough um, proof that this is this is useful for the company, uh, it will then get promoted to adopt it, and uh, all teams are free to use it at that point. Exactly, and I think there. that uh, you're mentioning the freedom within the framework, and um... That's an interesting topic to me. So I really uh, am happy that this provides additional framework to basically uh, balance uh, the freedom because in the end there's no autonomy without a framework uh, like that or no real autonomy. It's more like anarchy, uh, at least in my opinion. So um, yeah, so I'm really happy also with this uh, initiative. Uh, yeah, autonomy and freedom doesn't automatically mean that you can do whatever you want. Uh, because uh, if you're in a big company like this, um, 
support for your, your product is also important. And we can't support basically every single technology out there. So um, um, autonomy means you are free to choose your, your own products for your, uh, uh, for your own product. Um, but it has to be within certain boundaries to be acceptable for the company. If you're using a programming language that you're the only one that speaks uh, that language within the company, we're going to have an issue if you leave. Sustainability, et cetera. Yeah, yeah exactly. So, so that means that you're, um, uh, that we are judging also based on, based on some principles, uh, if, if we can uh, or shouldn't use this in, in bot.com. Are those principles also maintained by this group then, or is that a wider group? <laughs> I think this is uh, Anthony. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a difficult question. Of course, we have architectural principles, eh, which sometimes kind of uh, uh, lean into uh, what we are doing here. So we're taking, uh, of course, the common sense, eh, and, and we, we look at uh, the whole company as a whole and what we have and what we want to go to. We also look at the tech vision which help us make uh, the decisions. Yeah, and I think uh, as we are just starting with the process, maybe we can distill some principles from our way of working after doing it a while and uh, you know, learning from it. We don't have now at this moment written principles uh, for it, except then uh, you know, the, the certain fields we want to know about, uh, some documentation, uh, is there OPEC, so those kind of uh, things. Uh, what is the adoption? I mean, the usage with outside bull uh, in the in the world or within the company. These are all common things we we look at uh, with with a large group of people. So uh, the idea is that with this group of people, the knowledge of all these collected brains, we can make a fairly good decision. But uh, they are not really written up as uh, we don't have a bible yet. But, uh, it might come. Yeah. So we, we all sense that there was a need for having such a thing. And um, I think we also have a, a group of people who are reachable enough to speak according to the innovation teams. Now we call them tech leads, right? So, so th that way we can formalize a, a shared opinion about a certain tech. And um, I think that's very valuable to have. Yeah, I totally agree. And I think that at some point in time, if you do this long enough, like a year, year and a half, that you find out that some arguments, they, they keep recurring, yeah, both against and pro certain things. And I think that we will be able to distill uh, the principles from that. And I really like the pr pragmatic approach that we are taking here of finding out these principles instead of uh, discussing two years about these principles and then uh, starting something that's uh, at least from <laughs> my set of values. <laughs> yeah, I mean, maybe this is a good bridge to the to the how we maintain it because we we are trying to leverage the power of Git, right? So if somebody you Peter Paul uh, introduces a, a, a change of a blip, you want to um, start writing your service in C sharp. Ah, you are free to do the discovery, right? So you can do the ESS. And then oh yeah you have your first thing on your on your uh, development uh, machine and then at some point you um, convince maybe other team members and then it gets serious right so uh, um, that's that's how things start um, so then you make a a proposal to do a blip change you want to introduce C sharp as a programming language 
and then you we have a template where you fill in why you think C sharp should be there. The use cases why uh, C sharp uh, excels in certain tasks or whatever your service does. And uh, so there's a couple of things in the template which you are going to fill in. Then you do the pitching, and then we start a, a voting uh, mechanism. And and from from the first um, uh, introduction to the voting, we leverage Git. So discussions take place inside Git. So they are in the future they are there. So if I am going to uh, against your proposal. Um, in two years, somebody can read that discussion between you and me about similar about to uh, similar to reviews of your code, etc. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We used ex exactly the same mechanism, and yeah. and 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 uh, Peter Paul is creating that uh, initiative inside a, a dedicated branch for C sharp. So everything is really ce centralized around the specific uh, blip on the radar, and we keep track, of course, of. Um, statuses uh, over time because i think nowadays we would have said yo uh, peter paul uh, alles goed en wel <laughs> but we're not going to do c sharp but maybe in two years we, we will right so so a blip change can uh, change over time and then you have your uh, story in there wow yeah that, yeah, yeah. No. And how does it i really like the c sharp example because it um with the move to the cloud, I think uh, a lot of these things have been easier accessible, uh, not necessarily for me as a manager, but as an engineer. Because before we moved to the cloud, basically the argument was, yeah, we don't have any support for that, for running the servers that the C-sharp stuff has to run on. But in the, in the cloud, this is readily available. I just have to push a few buttons and I have a server for C-sharp. So basically my, uh, the, this, uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, I am going down this, but C I think that might be a bad example. But other languages, sure, yeah, maybe. Okay, I yeah, but even then, if I have a Kubernetes, something that runs in Kubernetes that runs C sharp and and thingies, then I still can get a lot on there, I guess. Except Windows, yeah. which yeah, uh, well, uh, yeah. take uh, take uh, Python for example. If you want to write your uh, your big full of domain logic containing service and you want to do it in Python and you need fast response times and cost efficient runtime, then maybe, and I hope that the the, vo the voting mechanism turns out to be a no because yeah. But with, that's interesting one because we use Python in in in, uh, in bullet.com uh, with with uh, for scripting areas in the system engineering yeah. area, but also with uh, with our data scientists. So it is used in services that we run in production. So where is it on the radar? And 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 then it has some specific uh, elements on it, so you know how to uh, what to use it for. Is that what you say? Yeah. So it is on the radar. I think I need to look it up. Look it up. Look. It is <laughs> in our uh, adopt. Um, so you phase. can use it. Yeah. You can use, but the the the, the so when you click on the blip. You you go to um, a markdown file while we keep where we keep track of why it's there, but also uh, use cases when to use it. Exactly. Right? Yeah. So there's detailed information, uh, and of course there's the history because maybe two years ago it wasn't in adopt, it was still in in like a uh, trial. Oh. Okay, cool. Hey, and and we talked about uh, the Git using Git, uh, so then it's uh, it's approved. 
uh, it's on the tech radar, but how is it uh, getting into uh, visualization? How, how does that work? Yeah, that's that, that um, plugin in uh, Backstage. Okay. Yeah, so <clears throat> in the end, it's <laughs> the whole data structure thing is only a JSON file, right? So, and the JSON file is being loaded real time uh, using um, uh, our Backstage uh, instance. It's magic, Peter. You merge it and it appears. Yeah. And then yeah. boom. <laughs> yeah, but, but to be honest, to be honest, we yeah. did we did try to roll out uh, tech radars before. And I think these all failed due to the fact that it was all manual stuff. It was yeah. in docs.bol.io and uh, um, uh, so it's the trample. It's 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 not 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 that hard anymore to uh, to keep track to of it, it to, ma to yeah. maintain it, yeah. Yeah, yeah, because it's code. Yeah. Can we can we create a picture for from it and 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 put it uh, as a show note, or is that uh, too much information for the outside world? Yeah, I think that we uh, have to find a lot, out. The, a lot of this is known uh, in the outside world because we also try to maintain some of the things uh, on some external sites on technologies that we use also for recruitment purposes, basically to show what kind of cool technologies we're, we're working with. So uh, 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 only there will be, yes, I, I don't know which naming we choose, eh? whether we, for example, choose Excel as a naming for basically our exactly. um, uh, opinionated way of uh, using Spring Boot. Um, yeah, then I don't know whether there's Excel or Spring Boot. So some won't be easy to understand for people outside of our company. But uh, then, then, of course, they still can ask us questions about it. That's exactly the, the point. I, I don't think there are any secrets on the tech radar. I think it's a nice showcase of how a company of this size uh, handles their technology stack. But some of it is very context sensitive. So, yeah, if you read Axel, and I think Axel is there uh, as a blip and not Spring Boot per se, uh, you might not get the context as an outsider to understand what that means. Hey. Yeah, most important question maybe of, of this uh, podcast is how is it received by the engineers and the, and the whole engineering community? Because that's why, uh, why we are doing this, right? Who wants to elaborate? Yeah, so uh, uh, so I, I presented uh, this uh, tech radar uh, uh, last week at the tech lead uh, community session. And uh, I also asked, hey, what do you guys think? And uh, I got some enthusiastic reactions because this will help. Uh, the tech leads with the teams that, uh, explaining why they make certain decisions. And I think uh, in the early stages of uh, Tech Radar, there was also someone who uh, thought about maybe using Rust, uh, but uh, looked at the Tech Radar and it chose at that moment something else, if you can recall, guys. So, uh, and that's before it even goes live, because the 2nd of March, uh, then we'll go, uh, we have the first public session. And then uh, the tech radar is already live, but then we expect a lot of discussions, input, and those kind of things. But it already yeah, proves uh, yeah. useful. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, I just make a, made a note uh, earlier during this uh, conversation that I'm going to promote the tech radar with uh, uh, with of the one of the knowledge sessions that I have with uh, the engineers in our group uh, like ah. tomorrow. So I'll push uh, ah. Ah. a few of them to uh, <laughs> to maybe contribute or whatever. But at least to push uh, their knowledge of the existence. Uh, and I think that all engineering managers at Bol.com uh, who are listening to this podcast would probably do the same. Right, Peter? Ah. Sure. 
<laughs> cool. <laughs> but what would you what would you do as an uh, AM if a team of yours is using a lot of uh, techniques who are in which are in uh, on hold? Yeah, that's a good question, Rogier. Because um, I have like a few teams who work with techniques who I don't think that are recommended now. And then it really uh, depends on uh, how heavily that use is, what other kind of pressure is. Eh? So, for example, uh, there are teams in the group that I work in who use in our data center MongoDB. Which is uh, I'm not sure how to use that in, in the Google Cloud because there are several options for that, but they are not preferred options. So what to do and to what extent will I be able to rewrite the, the access to the data layer? So interesting, <laughs> interesting questions. Uh, I have one team and that was also what I was kind of referring to in one of the early questions, but choose to use a tool for uh, let's say event sourcing and handling events, uh, and they but they basically had to build the let's say the runtime environment for that tool themselves on Kubernetes, uh, and they also had to mm, get involved with security a little because there were also some non-standard things uh, required like persistent disks, which in the event uh, handling system would typically require. Um, and we are starting to doubt there now, yeah, should we continue to use this or not? And we've only coded for a year on this, so we're still, we can still make the decision there. So the discussion is going on with the team. Ah. I have a team that is using Apache NiFi, which I'm not sure whether I would use that uh, if you could also in the Google Cloud use Airflow or some of the other tools available, if I have to start. But the volume that's handled there and the amounts of years of coding that has been gone into that, I'm not sure whether I'm going to replace that. So um, the typically consulting answer would be, it depends, but I think I've given some interesting examples <laughs> for you and our listeners here, here. What do you think? Yeah, no, yeah I was, uh, <laughs> the, the, the MongoDB example was still resonating in my head, but, but um, <laughs> um, I think we all, see the benefits of having the persistency layer in a, in a more cloud native and horizontal scalable way right so at least it gives it gives you as their engineering manager um uh, good um words to to convince them hey better invest time in in not doing a lift and shift approach here with that service using mongodb but invest time in <laughs> in a bit more scalable uh, way, uh, leveraging the power of the cloud. Um, um, and and if the PM says, yo, no, 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 uh, that's, uh, does it take that long? Um, I want that new feature, then, then, then at least there's there's a conflict of interest, right? Of how, how do you say it? Then, then yeah. th there is something to, concrete to talk about then. Definitely, yeah. And, and that's one of the things. So I really uh, favor the, the <laughs> the guards in the bowling alley that Peter has uh, shown us uh, <laughs> earlier that this provides, but also because of that, the direction is given us and the discussions that we can uh, fill, uh, yeah, st start with this and also the arguments it offers. Um, it doesn't make it always easier, but then again, yeah, we're there to have these discussions, right? And to, in the end, make it better and yeah, 
sometimes you want to uh, have these things solved quickly. And for example, that so, but also that a team has to spend time on thinking, okay, but what are we going to do uh, with MongoDB when we move to the cloud? That also um, conflicts with the interest of moving to the cloud, cloud rather quick and will lead to some debates like, okay, we thought you were going to migrate to the cloud by the end of this year, but you're not making that. Could you add this adds up to the other things that they would have to additionally do. Yeah. Um, and we have to find a, a good way into that. And that's why I'm, in the end, I hope that these principles that we will probably gravitate to and these questions that we will have to ask ourselves, that that will help us there. But it will be, that's, <clears throat> yeah, there will, we need some vacuuming process. Eh? There's, there are all kinds of tools that we have to basically uh, still clean and put them on the shelf and say, no, you're there, you're there. And then we have to get rid of a lot of them. But that takes uh, more than just uh, 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 putting them in a trash can. Uh, just sometimes a little <laughs> harder than, uh, than that. Uh, but this will help you, right, Peter Paul, with the discussion. Yeah. That's that was, I think, the question of Rogier. How can this help? Yeah, yeah but so it, it, won't, will... it won't fix it. It will help in making the decisions. <laughs> it still works if we don't, but, right? But it helps the discussion. And that, that, that's, Absolutely. I think, a very important Absolutely. one. And on the other hand, I think it's also important to realize it was also something we prepared together, right, that uh, it shouldn't hinder adopting new technologies. So uh, it's, yeah. it's, uh, it's, uh, it's still possible to start uh, assessing something yourself as a team and, and uh, work on it before you really go to the tech radar board and, and try to uh, to put it on there. Right. Hey, Peter Paul, uh, I know that you had a look at it and, and came up with some questions why still some quadrants left, but uh, do you still want to discuss them? Um, before we go to the closing round? <laughs> no, I think I think that that's already been uh, been mentioned. Eh? I think that yeah. one of the most important thing is is uh, starting with this and starting the discussions. I think that's also one of the things to, that Remco, for example, learned because even the things that are really really clear, are clear yet, so we need the discussion. And I think uh, and also there, I really like the pragmatic approach. Uh, uh, just start it and start the discussions and we will gravitate uh, to to a good point that will set our direction there. And we can't solve all the things at, at, at once. So we have to take them um, uh, just like eating an elephant uh, bit by bit. So do you want to go to the closing round, Peter Paul? What's, uh... Yeah. So then the closing round would be, Ev, uh, for our, our guests, what would be your most important takeaway that you would really want to share with our listeners? Anthony, uh, I would say uh, what I also learned from this is uh, make things tra transparent so you can discuss it. Because else, if it's not transparent, it's in back alleys and you know things are invisible and are without knowing it are causing problems. But making things transparent is already a very good step to take. You literally and put the them on the radar, right? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. The yeah. Remco. Yeah. Uh, yeah, to add to Anthony's uh, comment, communication is hard, and the larger a company gets, the harder the communication gets. Uh, so having a central way to communicate this, and we should also mention that uh, uh, Crystal, the, the, the backstage implementation we uh, we did, um, 
is supposed to be the central developer platform. So the tech radar is not on the outside somewhere. It's right in the view of a portal that is uh, going to be used every single day. Um, and also the discussions around the radar have been hard and that's the most productive part of it uh, because actually now they're being held in a central place where we can communicate them to a larger audience rather than the back alleys that were discussed before. Here. Uh, yeah, like, like I already said, use it to start using new techniques, but definitely also use it to um, uh, g uh, find better um, words to finally get rid of that um, uh, sunset tech. Use of technology, yeah. Yeah, cool. and and bear with us. But we just got started. We also need to learn, right? So we, uh, it's it it takes a while, and it can become very hard, especially when you're touching the sensitive areas of of, of languages. And uh, yeah. yeah, it's it's hard it's hard to <laughs> come up with advice when or when not to use a certain programming language. And that's my take from from this. I really like the the way uh, what you are producing with this tech creator, but also that you had a, a real good thought on how to um, to maintain it. So with this Git uh, setup and with this uh, uh, backstage uh, plugin uh, to to produce it, so then will it will be uh, yeah, more easy to follow up on, and that you're already adding new stuff in in that process. So it's directly the proof that it, uh, it's working, right? So uh, yeah, let's uh, let's start using it. Uh, good luck with the, the further launch of it. And, uh, and thanks for your time. Yeah, thanks thank for explaining all this, guys. Thanks for having us. Thanks for listening to this episode. If you liked the episode, check some of the others. Go to Spotify or iTunes, search for Tech Lab, and subscribe. Leave a five-star review so others can find the podcast easier and spread the word. We like interactions, so if you have any questions or suggestions, find us on Twitter, LinkedIn, or mail techlab at ball.com. Hope to meet you in our next episode. Have fun! <laughs>